Welcome to the OA How workshop. My name is Rhonda. I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for the meeting. Hi. Hi. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we would ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is being taped. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember... OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on their recovery in the OA program only. An Ask It basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of this session. If there is any press in this room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures, using a video camera, or using our full names. The format for this session is as, fo is as follows. Two, two speakers will share for 25 minutes each, followed by 15 minutes of questions and answers. The topic for this session is the OA How concept. Our first speaker will be Claudia, and our second speaker will be Chris. Hi, I'm Claudia, Composo Overeater. Um, I thought I'd tell you guys a little bit about my story before um, I go into what the how concept is. Um, and I'm I'm from originally from Guatemala, and I've been a Composo Overeater since I can remember. And my pattern has been yo-yoing. So um, I've lost 55 pounds from my highest weight. But I always say if I do the math. I gained and lost 20 pounds three times a year. It's about 500 pounds. So um, I grew up in a home with addiction and codependency, untreated addiction and codependency. So I kind of picked up on all of those patterns. And my pattern was that I would lose weight every time there was um, an important event coming and then gain it back after. And <laughs> I went through like four or five different sizes every year. Um, I started in OA back in 1994, regular OA in 1994, and then I got a lot of recovery. I got a lot of spiritual recovery, a lot of love in the rooms, and, and I loved the program. And then I started in How in 1997. I wanted to read to you guys what the how concept is. I don't know how many of you um, have, have not really heard about how. If I could see a show of hands of how many people don't know what how is. Okay, thank you. Well, how um, is just a special focus group in, that is part of Overeaters Anonymous. And what we do is that we practice the same 12 steps. We use pretty much the same tools, but it's practiced a little bit different. Um, I'm going to read you, when you go to a how meeting, this is what we read at the beginning. It's the how concept. How meetings offer a disciplined and structured approach to compulsive overeaters who accept the 12 steps and 12 traditions as a program of recovery. The how concept is based in the belief that our disease is absolute, and therefore only absolute acceptance of the how program will offer any sustained abstinence to those of us whose compulsion has reached a critical level. To help keep our abstinence simple, we accept the following suggestions as essential for the recovery of the compulsive overeater whose disease has progressed to a critical level. We use a common eating plan subject to the direction of our physician, confer with your sponsor on a closed daily basis for a minimum of 30 days, we communicate with a sponsor 
Continue communicating with your sponsor as needed thereafter, and we use the tools of recovery on a daily basis. Our meetings are dedicated to remaining honest, open-mindedness, and willing to listen. This is the how, H-O-W, of the program. We pray that the collective group conscience and love that these ideals offer us will promote a strong sense of security, enabling us to experience a new unity of wholeness with all of those around us, and that the how ideal will help us to progress in our program of recovery on a daily basis. To be certain, much of our strength is found in the structure of meetings and in the daily adherence to the program as it is written in our literature. We also firmly understand that after our recovery has begun through, through abstinence and the taking of the first three steps, our further surrender to the additional steps of recovery offers us a promise of happiness, contentment, and achievement in all areas of our lives. We ensure our continued abstinence from compulsive overeating by forever being aware that God is doing for us what we have never been able to do for ourselves. So this is pretty much the how concept that we read at meetings. And um, we have the tools of recovery. And if you look at the tools of recovery, um, the regular OA tools of recovery, um, we have a, a plan of eating. In how OA, the tool is called abstinence. And what it is is that we follow a food plan that has been agreed upon with our sponsor. Um, we have a basic food plan for people that are beginning and that need to lose weight. And we also have a maintenance food plan for people that have um, reached goal weight. And um, we have sort of a, a food plan in place, but this is not like the ultimate food plan. People can follow the basic food plan or they can go to their, to their doctor and depending upon a physical or medical condition, they can modify the food plan, but only um, with the advice of a physician. We, we don't modify the food plan. Um, something that is, uh, was key in my recovery was understanding that, that I was allergic, that I had an allergy to sugar and flour. I cannot eat sugar and flour because I just want more. I just want more. So the how food plan offers that to me. It offers me abstinence of, from sugar and flour. And to do this, we have guidelines that say, for example, when I'm purchasing a product at the store, um, I read labels. And sugar, dextrose, sucrose, anything that is sugar or flour needs to be the fifth ingredient that is listed because ingredients are listed in the order. So if there's more of an ingredient, they put it first. And um, that has really been a huge awareness for me because one time I found sugar in seasoned pepper, believe it or not, it was a second ingredient. And it's like, oh my gosh, everything has sugar. And salad dressing, sugar, sugar, sugar. There's sugar everywhere. And I know how my body reacts to sugar. Um, I began how in 1997, and I got to a place where I thought I had it handled. I thought, well, I'm graduating. You know, I had not even finished the 12 steps, but, you know, as an addict, I, I'm, I'm arrogant. I can be arrogant and I can get cocky. And I did that um, in 1999. And I went out thinking, you know, I've done this for two years. Uh, back then, I probably over, overdid the weight loss a little bit. I got to a size four and I'm six feet tall. So I was really, really tiny. I was like, you know, the disease talking to me saying, you got it under control. Don't worry about it. You can do this. You can do that. And you know what? It was gradual. I gained 35 pounds. 35 pounds in about six months. And that was not really a good experience, but it really gave me the awareness, the self-awareness of knowing, you know what? I can't do this. I can get obsessed about sugar and flour, and I can also get obsessed about amounts. I can also get obsessed about when I'm going to eat a meal. Should I eat it now? Should I eat it later? Should I eat it with lunch? Should I eat it with dinner? So what How offers me is a food plan that says it's a 301 abstinence, three meals a day with zero in between one day at a time. And what that gives me, it, it just gives me freedom. You know what? I don't have to, to, to choose what I'm going to eat. Um, 
addictions, in my opinion, are a, a lot of it is about self-will and control and um, letting go of what I'm going to eat and surrendering. And I love to use that word because it's not so much about perfectionism and it's not so much about discipline, but it's for me, following the food plan is about surrender. Surrendering, you know what? How come you can't eat blah or A or B or C? You know what? It's not on the food plan and that's the end of it. And I don't have to keep obsessing about it. You know, I've spent 30 years of my life obsessing about food and that's a long time. That's a long time. All that time that I was losing and gaining weight, food was the central thing in my life. If I had done a good diet that day, I was a good person. If I had done a bad diet, I was a bad person. And what the food plan that we follow in how gives me is freedom. I don't have to think about it. It's not on the food plan, period. Period. Um, I like also the structure of how we use the tools. And um, Chris is going to talk a little bit more about the tools, but I wanted just to say the tools, the way we practice them, you know, is in, in how it's always a suggestion, but it's a strong suggestion. Just like they strongly suggest you put your seatbelt when you're on the plane, um, our sponsors strongly suggest that we make three phone calls a day, that we go to three meetings a week, um, that we weigh and measure our food. I, I, I've been abstinent of sugar and flour since October of 2004, and I weigh and measure my food always when I'm at home. Um, if I don't take my, my scales to a restaurant. I know some people do take their scales to a restaurant, but I don't feel comfortable. Um, so I always pray before a meal and ask my higher power to help me make a, a good, sensible decision. Um, and, and that's what, how I do it when I go to a restaurant. But I do weigh and measure my food every time I'm home. Um, we weigh our vegetables, or some people measure their vegetables, for example. But, you know, I am an addict, and I always will want to do things my way, I think. Maybe someday that will be lifted. But for today, that's my reality. Right now I have a lot of things going on. Um, we're moving to Washington, and we've lived here for, in the same house for 16 years, so we're going through all of that stuff and just going through all of that chaos. Having the food plan, having my scale, having um, my program be the same, knowing that when I go up to Washington, I will find meetings. That brought me so much peace, just peace within the storm, and knowing that I don't have to say, well, you know, I worked for... 15 hours non-stop today, I deserve to have this or I deserve to have that. It's, it's just not an option today for me, and I'm grateful for that. And it truly is a miracle because I was the type of compulsive overeater. I could not stop eating. I was desperate. My clothes were tighter every morning. My, my clothes felt tighter. And I would start the diet in the morning by 5 o'clock when I got home. It was all over. It was all over. I was in that snack cabinet shoveling food in my mouth. So so this, this is an enormous freedom for me and 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 how gives that to me. And I know that um, for, for some people, sometimes how can feel very perfectionistic the way we work the program, but I, I look at it more as surrender. I also heard a speaker say one time that um, to her, the scale was like an altar where she was giving her food to her higher power. You know, it's like, I'm not deciding how much I'm going to eat. Here's the scale. I'm going to put seven ounces. And there's no, none of myself will involve. I mean, there's no room for that. And it just works for me. Maybe in the future, you know, that's going to change. Because I know that for certain people, how works at times. And then maybe they want a different type of recovery. And then they go to OA or there's also 90 days, for example. But just for today, how, how it's working. And it's a miracle. I really believe in the physical part of my disease, which is an allergy to sugar and flour, because on most days, I have total and complete freedom from the compulsion to eat, from the obsession to eat. I have no food stuff, and that's a miracle. That is a blessing. Um, I can tell you that right now that we went through this move, I, um, I started getting hungry. And I'm like, oh, it must be lunchtime. And I looked at the clock, and it was 10.45 in the morning, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I need a meeting. 
Because that's what my body does, you know. If I'm anxious, if I have a lot going on, I'm going to want to go to food. And when I am practicing my program and I'm in good fit spiritual condition, I'm taking good care of myself, I'm not sleep deprived, I'm not overworking, I don't have a back pain from lifting boxes, I can go without eating till 3 o'clock. You know, like I'll have my lunch, my breakfast, and then maybe I'll go till 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. and I don't think about food. That whole time, it's freedom. So that is a huge miracle for me. And and I love that about um, having the structure of the program and surrendering to that structure. Um, I really think that the, the 12 steps are... Um, we say it in meetings. It's a one day at a time program. One day at a time for the bad stuff, you know, like something really terrible might be going on. I can do it for today. But it's also a one day at a, one day at a time program for the good stuff. You know, the stuff that's good for my recovery. I also need to do that every day. And I like that about how it's that there's a lot of emphasis on making those three phone calls every day calling the sponsor every day, writing out our food, one day at a time, every day. And that really, really, I I like that um, the club sets are a practice, and and I think how really, really emphasizes that, because there's a structure. It's like this is how we work the tools. Um, We have three types of sponsors in how. We have the basic sponsor. People become a basic sponsor after 30 days of abstinence and doing the first three steps of the program. And the way we work the three steps is we have a set of questions and we work the 30 questions on the first 30 days. So what I would do, for example, with my sponsor or with a new sponsee is I would give them all the guidelines. When people come to a meeting, they say, you know, I want to work the program. So we would say, well, you know, choose a sponsor. And then people would choose a sponsor. And then the sponsor would give them the food plan. And they would say, you know, this is the basic food plan if they want to lose weight. And um, if the person has a medical condition, they need to check it with their doctor. But pretty much we follow that. And then we call call the sponsor. We call the sponsor every day with one answer to one of the questions. Answering that question involves also reading the literature. So we read the literature, then answer the question, then call our sponsor, give away our answer. And little by little, we work steps one through three on the first 30 days. Sometimes it takes 90 days. Sometimes it takes six months, and that's okay. That's okay because we're all in different places, you know, and people can slip, people can relapse. It's okay. And we always say the main thing is just to keep coming back. Keep coming back. Um, After the first 30 days, or after the first three steps, we have, um, um, it's called a step-up, and then the newcomer becomes a sponsor and they can start sponsoring other people. So it's really good because we go into that tool of becoming sponsors fairly quickly as well. We don't have to finish the 12 steps in order to become sponsors. And um, service is the best tool, I think. Service can get me out of any trouble. I mean, service is definitely the best tool. So so we do a lot of service. We um, become sponsors, you know, fairly quickly. and we are talking to a sponsor every day. Um, We have the two food plans, the basic food plan, and then once people get to their goal weight, it's the maintenance food plan, where foods are introduced gradually. And there's also a maintenance sponsor. So um, we said basic step and maintenance sponsor. So if people are maintenance sponsors, they can take on some seeds that have gotten to goal weight and kind of introduce food gradually so that people kind of reach a level where they, they stop losing weight. Because at the beginning, like, you know, maybe we'll say, okay, you can um, add a fat or add a protein or add, you know, whatever. Um, and then if the person keeps losing weight, we keep adding more until the weight stabilizes. When we are on the basic program, we weigh once every 30 days. And when we are on the maintenance program, kind of getting our weight settled, we weigh once once a week. Um, 
that's pretty much all I have about um, the how concept. Um, we put, it sounds like a lot of emphasis on the food plan and a lot of emphasis on doing things, but the reality for me is what all of this has done is it's, it's been a journey to my higher power, and it's a journey to my higher power every day. And I believe that the only reason why I have been able to, to be abstinent is because of the steps, because of working the steps and because of what that does with my relationship with my higher power. You know, I am an addict. I know I have to do this every day, one day at a time for the rest of my life, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I think our disease is, is, is awful. You know, we say it's cunning and baffling, and um, it's deadly. It's also deadly. So I don't take this lightly, especially after my relapse. I don't take it lightly. And um, I like to, uh, to um, think about the movie The Terminator, because I think the disease is like The Terminator. And Terminator 2 is like The Terminator morphs into different things to try to, to try to get the person. And I really believe that the disease is extremely powerful. And the disease is stronger than me. The disease can kill me. But the disease is not stronger than the 12 steps, and the disease is not stronger than my higher power, so I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I, I've, I've tried it. It's worked. So, um, you know, all I need to do is do the footwork. I believe in, in any addiction and in my addiction, there's, there's like a point of no return. You know, if I don't do the things I need to keep, keep in fit spiritual condition, there's a point of no return. I have, I, I've lost my freedom of choice. I'm going to eat, and I have no choice. I'm just going to do it. So um, I believe that it's important for me to do these things. I've learned to take care of myself. I've learned halt, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If I'm going through halt, I need to stop. I'm in halt today, and um, I will be stopping soon. But, you know, I have the awareness, and I know that food is not an answer. Food is only going to make matters worse. So, but, but the reason why I can choose not to eat, it's a grace, but it's also because the program gives us that spiritual fitness, and, and I believe that's what we addicts are looking for. You know, we're looking for that spirituality, and we're just, you know, I was just pointing it somewhere else pointing it to food, pointing it to men, pointing it to achievement, pointing it to money, and um, it's a black hole. It's a black hole. And I'm just grateful to know that today, to have a program that tells me exactly what to do, have a sponsor I can call and say, hey, you know, what do you think? Can I eat this? Can I eat that? Well, no, yes. <clears throat> I don't have to do it. I don't have to think about that. And, and it's, it's mostly about surrender, not so much about discipline and being perfect. Uh, because we're not perfect, but um, it's, it's about surrendering to the program. Um, so that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. I just wanted to say for those of you that came in a little bit late, there's an ask it basket. Any of your questions that you might have, please feel free to continue to pass the ask it basket around and, and write it down and um, we will address all of those questions after our second speaker. Chris, come and share with us. Good afternoon. I'm Chris, a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the R2 convention. Wow, this is exciting. <sighs> Let me take a breath. I, uh, I was going to speak on both the how concept and the tools of recovery, but uh, Claudia did such a wonderful job, I don't need to do that part, so thank you. So I'll speak more on the tools of recovery. And um, the way I qualify is I've been in the program two years. Um, I came to an OA meeting two years and, oh, 12 days before that, and I thought these people must be nuts. What are they talking about? And I thought, well, maybe I better listen because some of them are kind of familiar, you know. And I listened, and I came back for another meeting, and I thought, oh, I kind of belong here, don't I? So I came back again, and my 
I was talking to people and someone I thought was really crazy but very strong in the program said to me, have you ever been to a how meeting? And I said, no, it's how. Well, how just means you're honest, open, and willing to listen. Hmm, I think I could do that. Okay, so I went to a how meeting and I went to one in Fremont and I, I just found out where I belonged and my, my people are there, my peeps, my village as my friends call it because um, they had the stories that I was part of, that I am, and that I still am, but I'm in recovery, and it's so cool. <laughs> um, I get emotional because I'm so happy to be here, to share my strength and my hope and experience with you because I couldn't do it without you, and I found that out very early in the program. So I got a sponsor 12 days after I went to an OA meeting, and she happened to be a house sponsor. So I followed her her food plan, her way of doing questions. And as as eloquently as Claudia explained, it, it was one question a day for 30 days. And me being the little perfectionist that I am, I did it in 30 days. I just had to have a question a day, you know. Sometimes I wanted two, and she said, no, you got to do one a day. Finally, she gave in and gave me two a day towards the last week, and I finished in less than a month. But she made me stick to the 30 days, and the 30 days also included being abstinent. Ooh, what a concept. Oh, God, no sugar, no white flour. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I cannot do this. This is insane. I've never been able to do this. I've never had control over those two substances because they're part of my upbringing, you know. I had a Norwegian grandma that could bake the pants off of anybody, you know. She knew how to bake, and she taught me at an early age. And I equated the sugary white stuff with love because she loved me so much she would give it to me and give it to me and give it to me. And my grandmother was over 200 pounds her whole life, and it didn't bother her much, but it bothered me because I, I looked just like her. <laughs> and at that point in my life, I didn't want to be like her anymore. So two years ago, when I got into how I gave up the white stuff and the, and the sugar and found out that I indeed had an allergy just like her. And it was amazing how clear I got suddenly. I could focus on what I needed to do, and I had that clarity to do whatever needed to be done, and I could do it daily. And so I had three meals a day that were weighed and measured, and I had nothing in between except fluids. And suddenly I just felt so positive about things, and I was focused on what I needed to do. And so I was doing things, taking action instead of reacting to other people, and I learned that in the HAL program. I know I would have learned it in OA regardless because the 12 steps are the 12 steps. And OA and how are the 12 steps, 12 traditions. We practice those. But the tools of recovery require a little more work. And it's part of the how concept that you, you need to follow these 12, uh, sorry, these seven tools of recovery. I add an eighth tool, which is exercise. Because without that, the other seven don't work so well for me. So I add eight tools of recovery, and I'll go over them with you now. But in, in losing the weight, I have to say that I did release over 100 pounds the first year I was in the program. And that was an amazing feat for me because I never kept it off in my entire life. I yo-yoed back and forth. Thank you. You know, I gained, I, I think she's lost over 500. I had 1,000 at least, you know because I am not quite six feet tall and beautiful like this. I am five feet, five feet tall and rounder, so I had a lot more work to do. And with each child, I got rounder and rounder, and I just couldn't take it off. And I loved to dance, and I swam, and I rode my bike when I was in high school and college. Well, I gave it up when I had my kids, but now I do it again. I found them again. That's my joy, is dancing, bicycling, and exercising. And I'm loving it. I used to hate it when I was fat and angry and resentful, but now I love doing these things because I love myself again. And that's part of the program that it's what's given me is myself back and loving myself again. So let me just say, abstinence is following the food plan prescribed by your physician, or abstinence is following the basic food plan. Refraining from sugar, flour, starches, and compulsive overeating Eating three weighed and measured meals, no between meal snacks, one day at a time. 
Working the 12 Steps is a program of recovery refraining from thinking, thinking. Have you heard that expression before? I think you all have, yeah. And, and it's true because you get into your head and you just get these terrible ideas that, oh, my God, she's looking at me and she's judging me. going to eat something over it. And I used to do that. And now, honey, you can think whatever you want about me across that, that side of the street because I don't really care what you think about me. And that gets me through the insanity of my compulsiveness. I have to remember that, that I don't care what the outside of the street thinks of me because I think about me, I love me the way I am. You know, the flaps, the bulges, well, they're going down, but they're hanging. It's like gravity is just fighting this battle with me. It's like, why can't I get over this? Well, eventually I will. But the exercise is that eighth tool that is helping me to do it. And I'm honing and honing and honing until I get it right. And yeah, i got a lot more ways to go in my head, but it doesn't matter because my higher power is guiding me where I need to go. And my higher power is what I found in the program that works for me. In my HOW program, it's still OA HOW to me. The two are intertwined because my abstinence depends on, you know, a daily reprieve from that stinking thinking. So when I don't do the stinking thinking, I can eat my three meals and get on with my life. And I enjoy the hell out of my life a lot more than I used to. I mean, I go to dances now with my friends, and a lot of my HOW friends, they want to be with me. I want to be with them. I want to boogie. Let's boogie, you know. I, I'm always saying that. Let's go dancing. I couldn't do that two years ago. I couldn't cross the room with me without being short of breath. I couldn't do stairs two years ago. I couldn't. Now I can run up four flights of stairs on the bark track. When I'm missing a train, I'm running, you know. I can do that. Although now I take my bike, which is Rosie, my friend, and we get on bark together, and then I ride to work. That's part of my exercise program. And... That's what keeps me abstinent. That's what keeps me in the program is my, my tools. And that's one of them, exercising and my 301s, my, you know, three meals that are measured. And I have to talk a little bit more about measuring. It, it, it's a hoop to be up at 530 in the morning and measuring your friggin' lunch, you know. I really don't want to do this, but I'm doing it because if I don't, then my food isn't clean. And what I mean by clean is it's not the measured amount that I can have. And I'm only cheating myself if I don't measure that food because then I don't get enough. And guess what happens? That, that little monster comes out and says, I want what they have. I want what she has. And the people around me at work don't have this problem. They don't have this disease. And they eat normal food. Well, I eat normal food, but I want more of what they have, which is the white stuff. And I can't have it. So I have to move on. And it's not easy sometimes, but I have to pray a lot. I meditate on the bark train. Thank God for nature in the morning and just meditate till I get to work. And all that time God's talking to me. When I'm praying, I'm talking to him. When I'm meditating, he's talking to me. And that just empowers me for the day. My day is such, so much more full when I can do that. So that's I give myself in my abstinence. Uh, sponsorship. A sponsor is the person committed to abstinence and takes the first three steps to the program. Sponsor at least 30 days of continuous basic food abstinence. Sponsor is a newcomer's guide to their first 30 days and continuing helping hand in their recovery program. I can't do this without a sponsor. I've tried to do it without a sponsor, and I fail. And I fail miserably, and I don't want to be that person anymore. I enjoy life too much to want to spoil it. I want to enjoy every minute of it. You know, I'm not getting any younger, but I'm going to enjoy the time I have left. And I want to be healthy and happy and free. And I am in this program. And being a sponsor is committing myself to another person and being there for them. And I do that on a daily basis. If they need me, I'm there for them. We set up a time, we talk, and we move on. And I have a sponsor too. And she keeps me in tow. I've changed sponsors only once in the program. My new sponsor is younger than me, and I think sometimes she's this little puppy and I don't need to listen to her. And then I realize that she has what I want. But what is it? Well, for me, it's enthusiasm for the program. She has life by the 
by the short hairs or the long hairs or whatever. She has what I want. She's happy. She's joyous and free. And she keeps me in check. She gives me a question every day. I'm doing recommitment questions. It's not like I ever left the program. I've never left the rooms. But she keeps me honest. She keeps me going. She keeps me happy to be here and to do service for other people. And that's being a good sponsor and um, being a guide. That's all I can do is guide other people. I can't give them the answers, but I can guide them and make suggestions. And I, I have different kinds of sponsees. Some are bulimic, some are overeaters, and uh, I've never had an anorexic sponsee, but I'm willing to work with anyone who needs help. And I, I mean that seriously. If I don't understand the disease myself, how can I help you? Well, I'll read up on it and I'll get you the answers you need. Uh, I come from a medical background, I'm a nurse, been one for th almost 35 years, and I think I've learned by now <laughs> what I should and shouldn't do. And of course, I don't give medical advice because doctors are paid for that, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm there to guide you. So if you have a medical question, I'll look up the answer for you, but I can only give you that answer. I'm not gonna give you my opinion because I'm not here for that but I can guide you to the person who will help you if you need it. Uh, a telephone. A telephone's a daily lead to our sponsors, a way to reach out and extend that same help to others. Boy, howdy, you have to do this. You have to out, reach out to other people and let them know that you care. Uh, sometimes I've had messages from on my phone. Someone said a serenity prayer. Just, hello, how you doing? It said, bless me the serenity prayer, and I needed it. At that very moment, I picked up that phone. I was just distraught over something really stupid, as usual, and instead of eating over it, that person gave me a gift. They gave me the serenity prayer when I needed it. So the How Are We program is just so important in so many ways, and there's so much intertwined with each other. The recovery, tools of recovery are the how and the OA of this, this program. This, I don't know how else to explain it. it. To me, they're intertwined, and they, they mean so much to me and my life and how I'm recovering. And I'm so glad to share it with you because without it, what do we got? Go back to the food and the happy, unhappy, miserable person I used to be. That was a capital B, you know that? I was really resentful and angry, and I told people off, and I reacted to people instead of acting and taking action, which I do now. I don't sit by and let people walk on me anymore, but then I can guide them away from me if their vibe is really bad. And I've learned how to control that behavior where I used to react react to the badness in somebody. I'm not going to, you know, think. I pause. And I think, I can, I can deal with this now or I'll have to deal with it later. So I'm learning the tools of recovery, how to deal with people and their emotions and not eat over my emotions, over their emotions. So it's like keep that on your side of the street. And sometimes you have to tell people, back off. But you do it with love. And in the program, I've learned to be gentle with other people and how to be gentle with other people. So I try not to step on other people's toes, but sometimes you do inadvertently say the wrong thing, and you can back up and say, I'm sorry. And that's what the 10 steps for is to Go back and make a list of the things you've done and make amends when you need to. And I do it as quickly as I can so that people will know that I mean it. I used to not mean it. I'd say I'm sorry, but I just didn't mean it. And now when I say I'm sorry, I truly do because I understand the behavior behind it. Um, another tool is literature writing and burning. We read and write how to learn about the program in ourselves because we identify so closely with AA. We adopted their big book and 12 steps and 12 traditions. And we write about our frustrations and our mixed emotions. And then burning or destroying the writing acts as a safety valve, releasing us from thinking, thinking. Right, girls and boys? Yes, we have that. Thinking, thinking down to an art. Um, writing is such an essential tool because you can write out all this emotion, the resentments, the crap that you're going through at that time, at that very moment if you need to, and let it go. And the freedom to let that go is so essential in this program. I mean, when I did my fourth step inventory and then did the fifth step to let it let it out, let it go, let it go to God and my sponsor at the time, it was amazing. I was so uplifted. 
because I found that those resentments were lifted and that I didn't hate or be angry with those people any longer. I didn't need to because I'd let it go. I'd finally let it go. And writing about it really, really helped. And the emotions you, you churn up in that fourth step, they are, they, they really cut to the quick. But when you write about them and realize that you are writing about something that's hurt you so deeply that you can finally let that resentment go. And you're calm when you get through with that step because you've let that go. That part of your life is over. You remember the past, but we don't have to live in it. And that's so important in this program. Anonymity, of course, is placing principles before personalities and sharing other members in, of other me- with other members is confidential. And of course, anonymity offers us the freedom to express ourselves, protect us from gossip. Each member agrees not to reveal another's participation in the HAL program. Remember what you see here, what you hear here. When you leave here, let it stay here. You're here? Yeah. It's, it's so important that we're anonymous because what we share here is our true hurts, our shames, our sorrows, our resentments. And when we share these things with other people, we want to be protected because we don't want that to get outside these rooms. Other people are not going to understand what we've been through, but you all do. And I respect the anonymity of other people in this program for that very reason because I wouldn't want them to break my anonymity unless they ask me first. And um, the only time I break my own anonymity with people outside these rooms is if they ask me directly what I'm doing. And I explain the 12-step program. I don't say perhaps that it's how away, but I say I'm in a 12-step program of recovery and that it's working for me. And it's taken me two years to figure that out, but <laughs> I'm finally getting it. And I'm joyful to be here and, and to do this today. Uh, meetings. Meetings are where we wor- learn we're not alone. We encourage everyone, especially newcomers, to attend at least three meetings each week. And when I first started, it was five to seven meetings each week because I needed to go almost on a daily basis, if not every day, because without the security of these rooms and the anonymity I felt in here, you know, I felt lost because I couldn't share these things with my family and my friends. I was just too embarrassed or too ashamed. But all those ugly things have come out in these rooms, and I, I have that freedom of, of discovery about myself that I don't live in the past and the mistakes I've made in the past are in the past. And I will be damned if I will repeat them because not learned about them and what they did to me then and what they could do to me now, I won't allow to happen because of my recovery in this program. Uh, meetings are, are where you, you learn that you can keep coming back, that we will love you no matter what, that we're not alone, that we're not unsafe. We, we feel secure here because we can share those private things with other people and they will understand and they will still respect you and love you no matter what happened in your past. But you are getting rid of it and letting it go, and and we need to hear those stories. We need to hear about those things so that we can understand each other a little bit better, become a little closer to each other, and share those things. Service. Service, they say, is swimming. Well, it's physically swimming, but it sure is mentally swimming because when I do service, it's an opportunity to share with other people what, I've received in the program, and I give back what I can. This is service doing this today to share. Um, I've spoken many times in many different venues, and uh, it's always amazing that I hear shares from other people, and it's not so different than my own story. Maybe a different type of of abuse, but it has happened to them. It might have happened to me. I've been physically and mentally abused by a spouse for 20 years, and I allowed that to keep happening for 20 years until I finally realized, or he did, he left first. It was such a relief, and I thought, why didn't I do that 20 years ago? You know, I just kept taking it because I was this good little Norwegian girl, and I wasn't going to do anything to upset the apple cart, you know. I was told to look cute and be quiet. Children are seen, not heard. So I grew up with that phenomena, whatever it was, and never complained and never told on anybody that changed me. 
and now I can talk about it openly and I feel free because it's not a shame anymore. It's a freedom to be me, to be myself, to love myself again. And I, I'm amazed sometimes the things I do to treat myself better that I never thought I deserved before. Three meals a day is a treat to me because I appreciate what I have. And it doesn't matter what I can't have anymore. It's just not that important because what I do need is three meals a day to keep the furnace burning. i got to keep the motor running to be able to go out and do those other things. So I take care of my body. I exercise it, and that's my eighth tool. I, I ride a bike every day, twice a day, short distance, but I, it's a, one of those beach cruisers, that cruisers the big heavy suckers. And it's mother pearl white with red roses on it. And it was named Rosie by the manufacturer. Found out now that it's one of a kind. They, don't, they discontinue the model, so everybody loves my Rosie. But Rosie got me going. When I couldn't walk, I rode. And when I started riding, I started realizing that I could do this one day at a time. So now I continue to ride. I have friends that like to ride, and I'm hoping we can ride more and more because I can go further and longer now. And I'm not saddle sore because I don't have as much meat sitting on the seat, you know. <laughs> I, I, and I'm enjoying exercising. I'm going to this funky little gym in Southland and Hayward. And it, it's called Planet Fitness. I shouldn't be plugging other things, sorry. But there is no judgment there. There really isn't. It's just a plain funky little gym. And I go there and do my workout and leave. I don't look at anybody. I don't talk to anybody. I just do my thing and I get out of there because I'm not really an exercise buff. But... I do want to feel better, and God, do I sleep better when I exercise. Oh, I sleep like a stone. I, there's no turning and tossing. I'm done. I get up. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go for the day. And my abstinence is what keeps me refreshed and, refreshed and ready to go, because without the abstinence, I'm foggy-headed. I'm indecisive. I get resentful. I want to eat over my emotions, and I just can't do that to myself anymore. Uh, my gratitude list, I'll end with this, is that I no longer have to take high blood pressure medicine. I don't take antidepressants. I don't need cholesterol medicine. They're all normal. And I don't need muscle relaxers because I don't have spasms anymore. Although I had one this morning for the first time in two years. I don't know why. I got scared, you know. <laughs> but it, it went away, and I prayed over it, and it just it went away. And I'm, I'm grateful that I can do the exercise now that I couldn't do two years ago. Because that 100 pounds that came off came off rather rapidly. I mean, 10 to 12 pounds a month. And that's just unheard of in my lifetime. The most I ever lost was 50 pounds in six months, starving myself. My electrolytes were out of balance. I was passing out all the time. And I gained it back and more. Do I want to do that again? Oh, hell no. I'm in, I'm in this for the long run. This is a, a lifestyle change for me and for the better, you know. I don't eat over my emotions. I'm not depressed anymore. I'm, I'm not happy to clean every minute of the day, but I can tolerate people a whole lot more than I used to. I don't have to push back at them. Uh, and the word push, I'll end with this. It means pray until something happens. Yeah, that's a good acronym. Pray until something happens. Because sometimes when you're just desperate, you you have to stop and think about that. Okay, higher power, what you got in mind for me today? And every morning I get up with that in my prayers. What's your plan for me today? And I'm grateful that I have a higher power because I didn't believe in one a few years back. And I found one in this program. And that's what this is about for me is the spirituality of the program the peace and serenity that it gives me when I surrender. And thank you for coming. Thank you so much, both Claudia and Chris. Um, the first, we have lots of questions, really good questions, and actually get your list back. The, the first one is that someone wanted um, you to name the seven tools all at one time. Just read down the list. Okay, here goes. Abstinence, sponsorship, telephone, literature, writing, burning is all one. Anonymity, meetings, and service. Okay, thank you. Um, how do you get over the guilt of a slip? 
the 12 steps has showed me has has made me lose a lot of my shame so you know I'm really so much more gentle with myself around a slip around a mistake around yesterday I yelled at my husband like I never had and it's because like I was telling you I'm at halt but I'm just learning that just to be gentle with myself and even with those slips just being gentle and um uh, not holding on to it, writing about it. Um, a lot of times when there's a slip, there's always for me an emotional and a spiritual reason. So writing about it, um, it really just releases it. Writing is the tool for me to cathartic, you know, it just releases. So writing about it and being honest about it. I really have to go to my sponsor, or I really have to go to someone and just be, be honest. Be honest and then just letting go of, I grew up with a lot of shame carried a lot of shame. I always used to feel guilty about everything. Uh, but as I worked the 12 steps, that, that shame kind of has dissolved. And I'm so much more gentle. So, really, that's how. Either of you, how do you handle it when a normal eater asks, how long do you have to eat that way? Or, or they say, but you, you can have just one. <laughs> I feel so inadequate, <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> how do you handle it when normal eating is how long, do you? <laughs> well, I eat normal. I eat three meals a day. The only abnormal thing, I guess, is that I have to measure it. But for me, it's become second nature. I enjoy measuring it because I know I can have this much of this stuff, and it's good for me. It's good fuel for my body. Um, how do you handle when others say you can have one? So, no, thank you. Or, not right now. Or, I really think I need to get back to my desk because it's usually at work. But um, I usually just, I'm very polite and gently say no, thank you because it, it just hurts too much to have to explain myself and why I eat the way I do. Because it really is nobody's business but my own. Why don't you just stay here and answer since how do you handle cravings? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I used to handle cravings by just eating everything in sight. <laughs> it was white, it was mine. And I used to buy two bags of the white stuff and the sugary stuff. And one bag was for me and one bag was for my kids. That's how I handle cravings, but not anymore. Now I have three meals and nothing in between, one day at a time. And I have to pray for that sometimes daily, sometimes by each meal, sometimes by each minute. But the craving passes because I let it go and I let my higher power take it from me. And I do say that a lot. I say, take it away, take it away, take it away. And that works for me. Claudia, can you tell us about the food plan? Is it gray sheet the same as 90 days? The basic food plan is very similar to gray sheet. Um, the Hawaii Northern California inner group has, has like a, a, a food plan that maybe has, you know, some optional foods. There's a couple of different food plans, but basically, you know, it's, it's protein, vegetables, fruit some fat for the basic food plan, um, very very similar to gray sheet, and then just weight and measure it. So on the basic food plan, it's browns the protein, for example, and um, protein and vegetables for lunch, protein and vegetables for dinner, and breakfast is fruit and a protein. This is actually very close to it. Mm -hmm. um, what's the difference between OA90 and how can I have my OA90 sponsor, and if I could go 
if I could only attend how meetings and how how long is it suggested until you can chair a meeting? I guess that's how. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I chaired in a meeting like 30 days after I became a sponsor. And actually, the uh, the how bylaw says six months before you can speak at a meeting as a speaker. But um, the only requirement is the desire to stop overeating, really. And I think that's what's more important in the program, is that your desire is to make a commitment to not overeat. Did you have a relapse in the OA how? How did you get your abstinence back? Yeah, I did have a relapse in, in OA how after two, days, two years of absence, I started thinking, oh, no, you know, I can eat this. I can just a little piece. Or I, or I can, you know, lift this off the <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. You guys know. Um, so I did, and it was gradual. And I was out for about a year. I was out for about a year or a year and a half, and that's when I gained 35 pounds. And it was just like, it was a switch. It was a switch. Once the switch was on, I was out, and it was gradual. At first, I was in denial about it, but it's like, wow, my pants are shrinking, you know, and um, it was me growing uh, back to, you know, over 35 pounds. So um, that happened. And how I got back is I knew it wasn't stopping. You know, once kind of this got out of my denial a little bit, just went back to my home meeting and people were loving, people were accepting, people were happy to see me. I met my best friend um, at that meeting and um, it was just by the grace of God, you know, saying, you know what, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do what my sponsor says, willing to do the 30 questions again, willing to follow the food plan. Um, I reached such state of depression and sadness, you know, it's like hitting bottom. By the time I got there, it's like, I'm ready to do it. I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, they say we come for the vanity and stay for the sanity. But, you know, it's a big thing, too. Very vain. It's like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep growing. And, and it was very embarrassing. I, so I, I just reached the bottom, and, and that put me right back on track. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I didn't really relapse, but... In a sense, I felt like I did because I stopped calling my sponsor, and I'm like, oh, geez. And then I stopped weighing and measuring. Oh, geez. I was like, somebody needs to tell me what to do here. And and so I stopped measuring, and I felt to start felt start felt feeling fat again, you know, in my head, between my ears, because the weight hadn't changed. But that was a relapse for me, and a reality check was that I went out and I got another sponsor, and I was desperate, and she knows it, so she's really hard on me, but it's good, because that's what I need. I need the discipline of this program. I can't do it without the discipline, because Chris will be right back in the stinking thinking and thinking she can do it herself, and I can't. So I'm here for the sanity, and no vanity involved. I don't have it anymore. Thanks. Oh, this is... I don't know which one wants to take this one. What character defects do you still find that you're holding on to? What do you what do you do to work on on that work on them? Well, I know the perfectionism in me is still there, that little bugger. I just want everything my way and I want it perfect and I want it clean and when it's not, I'm pissed. And it's like, why? Why is it that way? And then I remember that uh, I need to humble myself and, and forget that my higher power is saying why it's that way, and I need to listen. And when I meditate and I'm listening, God's telling me the way it needs to be. And when I'm praying, I'm asking for that help. So uh, what was the question again? <laughs> when character defects are you? Oh, that's one of them, the, the, the perfectionism. And the other is just giving up my stubborn will. I, I want it my way. I guess that's part of perfectionism, too, but it's the stubbornness in my life. I've just always been a mule, and I just can't get over the fact that I can't have it my way. So when I let go and let my higher power take over, it's just so much easier. My shoulders drop, and I relax, and I can kick back, and I enjoy the hell out of people around me. 
then I can't do it without the higher power. That, that's the basic message here, I guess, we want to hear. But um, the other defects just seem to fall away because I've let go of them finally. But uh, I'm still struggling with perfectionism, and, and I want my life to be perfect, and it sure as hell isn't, but it's a lot happier than it used to be. And that's what's more important right now. I'm going to, for the sake of time, we only have five minutes left. Um, these questions are very similar. If you're not yet in the HOW program, is there a way to ease yourself into it without relapsing immediately? Or, and how do you start the, to do the HOW program? Where do you get the food plan? Where do you get a sponsor? 7 a.m., Saturday morning, Walnut Creek. <laughs> you know, I, I would just say go to a meeting and give it a try. And um, I know that for me it was like just get a sponsor. And, and you know, it just happened. And it, I know it's been that way for a lot of people. And it's just, you know, if, if when I got a sponsor, they gave me the food plan, and I just thought, you know what, I can't keep doing this. And it, it is great, and, and it is a miracle. But the thing is that we never know how close we are to that miracle. So it's like never, you know, always keep coming back. It doesn't happen today. You don't know. It might happen tomorrow. So just don't give up, you know. It's keep coming back. If it doesn't happen today, it's going to happen tomorrow. But there's really not a, a way to ease in and just kind of take some things out. It's like we have the food plan and that's what we follow. We make the three phone calls. We do the three meetings. We call the sponsor. We do the literature. We write. So, um, but you know what? It's not bad. kind of sounds a little bit um, too disciplined, but, but it's not bad. Once I started experiencing the results, it was like, why didn't I do this before? And what happens after the first 30 days of, of stepping up, I guess? You become a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it sounds scary, but it's really fun. The first time you get a first, your first sponsee, you just, you're as scared as they are. And, you know, you want to be right and have the right answers, and you, you may not have the right answers for another 30 days, but you guide them along as easily and gently as you can until they find their way. And I, I think that's what's important in the program. Uh, how or away, either one, they're one and the same in my head. And if I can leave that with you, um, Go to as many meetings as you have to until you find one you're comfortable with. And when you're comfortable, then you're ready. You'll be ready. So join HAL today. Thank you. What was the most difficult part of finding a higher power? How did you specifically, how did you specifically, it says do to find, or what did you specifically do to find a higher power? When I came into the program, I was depressed. I, I, I thought about dying every day, and I thought I wanted to kill myself every day, and I didn't know it was related to the food and it was related to not having a higher power. The way I found the higher power is all the people I was attracted to bragged about their higher powers, and it bugged me, but that's what they did. So little by little, you know, people said, you know, you don't have to believe it, but just act as if. And I always say, I don't expect you to believe me, but I'd like you to try it. And today, you know, all I have to do with my higher powers is, is ask. It's it ask. And if it comes, it comes. And if it doesn't, I know there's a really good reason, but um, just acting as if. Well, I found my higher power in these rooms, uh, in each one of you, until I could believe in myself again. So I did. I acted as if and my higher power was found. And it was a spiritual awakening. I, I don't know the day or the hour, but I suddenly started believing in something greater than myself, and it was amazing because I, I no longer was depressed, suicidal, uh, angry, lonely. I didn't get tired as much, and I sure as I wasn't as hungry because I had what I needed three times a day. So just keep coming back, that's all I can tell you. What have you done when your attitude needed adjustment? <laughs> My sponsor gave you a swift kick. 
verbally, but uh, it, w it felt like it physically because I sometimes needed a swift kick. Wake up. What are you saying? Get over it. Get on with your life. And I need to stop. I see stop sign there. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming, and uh, I hope we've gotten something from this meeting that you can share with other people, and have a great day. Uh, let me just say, it's now time to close the session. Let's thank our speakers and all who have done service. Please stand and join hands as we close with, um, I put my hand in yours. Can we have time to do that? Let's go ahead. I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we can never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now, reaching out our hands for a power and strength greater than our own. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. Keep coming back, it works, and you work it.